Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 79. And as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis, and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets, and in particular, how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update. We've now finished with the cover design, which we sent out last week, and we're now working on the illustrations and pictures to make the book more enjoyable to read. We've also started talking to various publishers to ascertain their terms and conditions as well as the quality of their work. So hopefully in the next three to four weeks, the book will finally be ready. And as usual, we'll keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast, where we're reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 43rd week of 2023. And that is from Monday the 23rd to Friday the 27th of October. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri. And together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States where in the third quarter of 2023, the U.S. economy grew at a faster pace than economist expectations, supported by strong consumer spending. And this was in spite of high interest rates, ongoing inflation and a variety of other domestic and global challenges. The U.S. Commerce Department reported on Thursday that the gross domestic product, which is a measure of all goods and services produced in the United States, rose at an annualized rate of 4.9% in the third quarter of 2023, and this was up from 2.1% in the second quarter. Economists who had been surveyed by Dow Jones had expected a GDP growth of 4.7%. And staying in the United States, according to a Commerce Department report that was released on Friday, inflation accelerated in the month of September, driven by stronger-than-expected consumer spending. The Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, which is the Federal Reserve's preferred measure of inflation, increased by 0.3% in the month of September, up from 0.1% in August. The headline number, which includes volatile food and energy prices, increased by 0.4% for the month, 
Meanwhile, on an annual basis, the core inflation number increased by 3.7%, whilst the headline inflation rate was up by 3.4%. For your information, the Fed focuses more on the core inflation number because it provides a better view of where prices are headed over the longer term. And across the Atlantic, on a Thursday, the European Central Bank ended its run of 10 consecutive rate hikes that began in July 2022. And this is despite the upside risks to inflation from oil prices due to the ongoing war between Israel and Palestine. The European Central Bank's benchmark rate is therefore set to remain at a record high of 4%. Markets had already priced in a more than 98% chance of a hold after the ECB gave a strong indication that rates had peaked at its previous policy meeting. The European Central Bank's governing council members have stressed a higher for longer message on interest rates as they seek to dampen market expectations for rate cuts starting in the middle of next year. And over in Russia, on Friday, the Russian Central Bank raised its benchmark interest rate by 200 basis points to 15%. This was the fourth consecutive rate hike by the Russian Central Bank, which has now raised rates by 750 basis points since July in response to a weakening ruble, which has fallen above 100 to the US dollar as well as persistent inflationary pressures. And over to the U.S. stock market. On Friday, there was renewed selling pressure across the board, driven by fears of an upcoming economic recession. The 30-stock Dow Jones fell by 366 points, to close at 32,417, and this was mainly due to a decline in J.P. Morgan shares after the CEO announced plans to sell a million shares next year. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 slipped by 0.48% to finish the session at 4,117, which was about 10% lower from its peak of the year. However, the Nasdaq was the contrarian as it ticked up by 0.38% to 12,648 and this was thanks to Amazon shares which rose by more than 6% after the company beat analyst expectations for revenue and earnings in the third quarter of 2023. All the three major indices registered steep weekly losses with the Dow falling 2.1% whilst the S&P 500 declined by 2.5%, and the Nasdaq, despite Friday's performance, still dropped by 2.6% for the week. In the U.S. bond market, U.S. Treasury yields ticked lower on Friday as investors reviewed economic data that could affect the Federal Reserve's monetary policy and provide hints about the state of the U.S. economy. Investors digested the latest data which showed that the Fed's preferred measure of inflation ticked up by 3.7% on an annual basis in the month of September. 
In response, the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond was down by one basis point at 4.83%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note slipped by 3.3 basis points to 5.01%. The markets are widely expecting interest rates to remain unchanged at the Fed's next policy meeting, which is due this coming week, but investors will be closely watching for hints about what could be on the horizon for interest rates going forward. In the commodity markets, on Friday, the price of crude oil rose by about 3% to a one-week high on concerns that the conflict between Israel and Palestine could spread into a wider conflict that could disrupt global oil supplies. The price of Brent crude increased by 2.6% to $90.18 a barrel, whilst the price of the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate crude also rose by 2.6% to $85.35 per barrel. For the week, Brent was down about 2%, whilst WTI fell by about 3%. Meanwhile, Marban Oil, which Kenya imports, also dropped to $90.23 a barrel, down from $93.11 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold ticked higher on Friday and was headed for a third consecutive week of gains, supported by safe haven demand that is being fueled by the ongoing conflict between Israel and Palestine. The price of spot gold rose 0.7% for the week and eventually settled at $1,993 per ounce. Gold is expected to continue rising and may even break above the key psychological level of $2,000 as the market remains extremely concerned about the conflict in the Middle East. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and as is the norm, we start by looking at the domestic foreign exchange market where the shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable versus the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the central bank website, the official exchange rate for the US dollar was quoted at 150.27, compared to 149.79 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the US dollar at between 156 shillings on the lower side to above 159 shillings on the higher side. A random survey of commercial banks revealed that the lowest quote was by INM Bank at 155.90 and the highest quote was by Bank of Africa at 158.80. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 182.38 and the euro was valued at 159 shillings flat. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 25.04 Ugandan shillings and 16.64 Tanzanian shillings 
and to the rue and this franc it was posted at 8.15. In the past one year the Kenya shilling has lost about 20% of its value against the regional currencies and this in turn has weakened the country's dominant trading position in the East African region. The current trend suggests that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future and this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained at the same level that is $6.83 billion, which is equivalent to 3.67 months of import cover. This level is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the recent funding received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained extremely tight during the past week as tax remittances to the government exceeded and more than offset government payments into the market. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement increased from 17.5 billion shillings the previous week to 19.8 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate dipped from 12.62% the previous week to 12.51%. And during the past week, the average value that was traded in the interbank market decreased to 14.5 billion shillings. And this was down from 20.2 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 26th of October. And the central bank received bids totaling 18.1 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of 75.6%. However, the central bank ended up accepting only 15.6 billion shillings. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 10.6 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate increased by 6.5 basis points to average out at 15.11%, whilst the 182-day rate rose by 5.2 basis points to level off at 15.12%, and the 364-day rate inched up by 4.6 basis points to settle at 15.38%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve 
where they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. And just by way of a reminder, in the primary bond market, the central bank has published the prospectus for its November bond issue. And this time around, it has opted to issue an amortized infrastructure bond with a duration of 6.5 years. The central bank is looking to raise 50 billion shillings through the sale of this bond, whose terms and conditions are as follows. The minimum investment amount is 50,000 shillings and the coupon rate on this bond will be market determined which means that the coupon rate will be determined by investors and this will be calculated as a weighted average rate of accepted bids. On taxation, the interest and on this infrastructure bond will be tax-free as provided for under the Income Tax Act. Please note that this is an amortized bond, which means that a certain percentage of the bond will be redeemed before the maturity date. For more details on the redemption structure, please refer to the bond prospectus, which is available on the Central Bank of Kenya website. The bond is now open for sale until Wednesday, the 8th of November. And the value date for this bond is Monday, the 13th of November. In the secondary bond market, the turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by about 28% during the past week. And in the international market, during the past week, the yields on Kenya's Eurobonds recorded a mixed performance with the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in 2028 increasing the most by 40 basis points to 13.6%, whilst the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in 2024 declined by about 170 basis points to 14.9%. The yield on Kenya's eurobonds dropped sharply, and this is after international investors lowered their risk assessment of the country after the central bank outlined a plan to borrow up to $1 billion that would be used to reduce the liability of the 2 billion eurobond which matures in June 2024. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory, with the NASI declining the most by 4%, whilst the NSE 20, the NSE 25, and the NSE 10 declined by 1.9%, 2.4%, and 2.6%, respectively. This takes a year-to-date performance to losses of 29.8% for the NASI, 12.7% for the NSC 20, and 23.5% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as Safaricom, Kenya Commercial Bank, and Diamond Trust Bank, which declined by 9.4%, 5.3%, and 3.2% respectively. These losses were however mitigated by gains recorded by other large-cap stocks such as Equity Bank 
and Cooperative Bank, which increased by 2% and 1.7% respectively. Up next is our topical issue for this week. And this week, we are reviewing the comments by the central bank governor that the Kenya shilling was overvalued. In a rare admission, the central bank of Kenya has confirmed that the shilling was overvalued by about 25%, suggesting that the depreciation of the local unit is far from over. This information was revealed on Tuesday when the central bank governor was addressing members of the Finance and National Planning Committee about the measures that the central bank was putting in place to reverse the depreciation of the Kenya shilling against the U.S. dollar. The governor told the committee that the demand for foreign exchange was far in excess of the supply and this in turn has led to the depreciation of the shilling which has fallen about 22% against the U.S. dollar since the beginning of this year. The shilling has declined from around 123 shillings in January to the current official rate of just above 150 shillings to the U.S. dollar. According to the governor, the debate about the valuation of the shilling started over six years ago when the World Bank and the IMF expressed concerns that the domestic currency was overvalued. The overvaluation of the Kenya shilling became obvious last year when inflation became an issue across the globe. And nowhere was that more evident than in the United States where inflation shot up to multi-decade highs and as a consequence, the Federal Reserve decided to tighten monetary policy, which has seen U.S. interest rates rise by about 500 basis points in the past 18 months. In contrast, the Central Bank of Kenya did not raise its benchmark interest rates as aggressively, and as a result, there was a massive outflow of capital from the country, as evidenced by the sharp decline in the stock market, which put further pressure on the Kenya shilling. However, this situation was not unique to Kenya as the strengthening US dollar has caused investors to exit other emerging market countries for the safety and security of the US dollar. The governor said that the central bank has undertaken the following measures to help strengthen the Kenya shilling. The first is that the central bank has reviewed the tenor for swaps and any other Kenya shilling borrowing by non-resident banks to a duration of not less than six months, and this is to discourage short-term speculation in the foreign exchange market. The central bank has also adopted the use of an electronic brokerage system and reduced the minimum tradable amount in the interbank market from $500,000 to $250,000. And in order to further enhance interbank liquidity, the central bank has restricted the sale of foreign currency by money remittance providers to a maximum of $100,000 per customer per day. The governor also indicated that the country was expecting a huge inflow from development institutions such as the World Bank and the IMF, which would help strengthen the Kenya shilling. The governor also mentioned that the central bank had written to 10 commercial banks 
to explain why the spread on the exchange rates remain extremely wide and will determine what action to take after receiving their response. However, despite the reopening of the interbank forex market in April, the Kenya shilling has continued to depreciate versus the US dollar. And to add insult to injury, the admission that the shilling was overvalued is likely to weaken it even further as the regulator waits for the currency to find its true value based on demand and supply. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. The Market Color Podcast is now also available on the WhatsApp channel. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhurig at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. And I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. And remember, to achieve your full potential, you have to ensure that every day and in every way, you are getting better and better. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.